hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Dear God, we come to you this morning thankful. Thankful to be able to gather as a community. To hear your word proclaimed through word, through scripture, through song. To see your word proclaimed through those that are gathered here. But God, as we continue in this worship, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, uh, this is the time of year that I I get kind of uh, retrospective. I think that's the right word. If it's not, you can tell me later. But just thinking about uh, the ministry that we've had together over the past two years that I've been your pastor. You know, next week we go to uh, annual conference, and that's where we uh, here are our, our appointments for the upcoming year. And, and I, I think back, and I am just, I don't want to say I'm, I'm amazed, but I am just blessed to see that all that we have accomplished over the past two years. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty evident if you just look around the campus with all of the stuff that we've done with a Healthy Church Initiative. It, it, it's pretty evident uh, inside the campus, too, with uh, the people that are coming to worship, with the ministries that are happening, the, the outreach, the uh, making a difference uh, in our community and in our world. And, and I just give thanks for that. And, and I am just so blessed and, and humbled and honored to, to be your pastor, but uh, one of the things that I've shared with church council and I've shared with staff and I, and I share with different people that I talk to is that, you know, God is not done with us yet. And while sometimes it's nice just to stop and take a nice deep breath or we may want to just stop and go, you know, we've done quite a bit. Why do we need to move on? The answer comes to me is that the Spirit beckons us to continue. The Spirit calls us to continue this this forward movement, not so that we can boast about what we have been able to do, but so that we can boast about what Jesus Christ is doing in and through our congregation. Today is another special day in the life of our church. It's Trinity Sunday, where we, we lift up the, the triune God, which that's what makes us Christian, knowing that we worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all three together work uh, as one so that we may be the life in our community, the life that, that challenges, the life that, that convicts, the life that keeps us from staying where we are, but moving into that reality that God has called us to live in. 
So thinking of that and thinking about all the things that we have been able to do as a church, I think our scripture is very fitting to help us remember the call that God has placed on our lives. So I invite you to follow along in our scripture, which is from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, and follow along in your Bibles, or if you would like, the scriptures will be printed on the screen, and you can follow along there as well. So hear the word of the Lord from Romans chapter 8. So then, brothers and sisters... We have an obligation, but it isn't an obligation to ourselves to live our lives on the basis of selfishness. If you live on the basis of selfishness, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the actions of the body, you will live. All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. With the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children, but we are children. We are also heirs. We are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ, if we really suffer with him so that we can also be glorified with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There are several things about this passage that, that, that makes me think about what's next. I think that's a very important question that we need to ask ourselves as a church. What, what is next? What is it that God is calling us to do? And there was one word that, that showed just like a big old red warning, or we may see it as a big red warning in this passage, and that, that word is obligation. I hate that word. I hate hearing about obligation, those things that we are supposed to do or those things that we have to do. So when we come across this word in our, past, our scripture today, it made me go, wow, we're, 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 we have this obligation as, as Christians. We have to do something. I thought that everything that we have was a gift, and, and it was something that was given to us freely, so we didn't have to do anything. Unfortunately, I think that's how some Christians think. That they think just because God has given us this free gift, there is nothing we have to do. Now, true, it is true that, that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to earn God's grace and, and merit and favor. But as our neighbor, neighborly friendly Spider-Man once heard, with great, with great pride or with great gifts comes great responsibility. With a great gift of grace, we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to act upon what God has given us. Paul puts it this way in, in Philippians 1, chapter 21. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. See, Paul knew that Every single moment that he had 
on earth. He had this great gift to share about the love and grace of Jesus Christ with his neighbor. He had the opportunity to write letters, to to share people what God has done in his life. And if you're familiar with Paul, you know that he had an extremely rough life. Bit by snakes, shipwrecked a couple of times, stoned, put into prison. All of these things were, were what Paul had to endure in his life, but yet he shared, you know, to live as Christ. Because every day that I live, I can share about the goodness of God. But Paul knew that, that once he died, once he was able to leave this earth, he would be in eternal fellowship with his creator. And he would be living in heaven, knowing that God's love was a part of his life forever and ever and ever. See, my friends, that's what we have as followers of Christ. You know, we do have this obligation But this obligation is to what? It's to love. It's to love God and it's to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now when we become a member of our congregation of Royal City First United Methodist Church, we have membership vows that, that each one has taken. And those membership vows help remind us That as members of our church, we are to pray for our church. Hopefully pray for me too, because I know I need a lot of it. Pray for Tracy especially, because she needs a lot more prayers than I do. (laughs) Our presence, that that we come and and, and we, we are a part of the fellowship around us so that we can live our lives together. Our gifts that we give generously to the church so that we can be in ministry to each other and to the community around us, to our, our, our service, that we, we serve each other, and also our witness. Because all of that, while, we, while, while showing and by doing all of these things is important, but if we fail to tell people the reason why we have hope, if we fail to tell people the reason why we do these things, we're just a glorified service organization. Not that I have anything wrong with service organizations. I'm a part of one. But we have this hope through Jesus Christ that can change lives. And it is our obligation as followers of Christ to share those things. And I'll admit, sometimes, as Paul says, that one of those things that gets in our way is that we tend to be selfish. Selfishness, I think, is one of the biggest and strongest sins of the church. And and as we move further on into our lives, I think selfishness really starts to grab a hold, whether it's through social media whether it's through news media, whether it's through just the, the ability just to boast because of all of the things that we have. See, when we are selfish, we refuse to allow 
ourselves to be open to others. See, when we're selfish, we, we hold things close. We, we don't want to be open to others because we don't want to allow people to know who we are. It's, it's a me-first world out there. And when we think about how I can benefit myself, how I can make myself come ahead, or how, how can I make sure that I am the one that, that, that gets the prize, it, it, it closes us up. It, it, it makes it to where we don't want to see others. It makes us to where we want to just push others aside because our agenda is what's important. Last week, our youngest son, Jacob, came home from uh, school, and he went back uh, to work at Amazon, and he's doing summer school. But uh, the first thing he told me as he got home, he said, have you heard about the, the African-American who joined the KKK? I was like, what? What do you mean, an African-American that joined the KKK? Yeah, it was a TED Talk that, that he wanted me to see about this African-American policeman who, who wanted to uh, know exactly why the KKK hated him. And during this 15-minute TED Talk, as he was talking, he talked about the importance of even though he knew that the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan hated him because of his skin, he wanted to build a relationship so he knew who he was, and so the grand dragon knew who, who he was. So they started a friendship, and first the friendship started out very tense as they met in a hotel room, but not even knowing that the invitation was from an African-American. And they sat down at a table, and they started to talk. And they started to build a friendship with another. They showed a clip of a uh, Klan meeting that uh, the interviewee went to. And he heard these language about, while I may know this black man, I am his friend, but I still think that I am more superior than him. And as the TED Talk went on, we heard that the Grand Dragon quit being a part of the Ku Klux Klan. And it was because two men decided to not be selfish anymore. And, and to let down those defenses and to let down those barriers, that, that, those artificial barriers that, that we tend to, to build between each other and allow that love and grace of Jesus Christ to come and be a part to realize, you know, we're all the same inside. You know, we all have blood. We all have a heart. We all breathe the same oxygen. And it is our commonalities that are more important than those things that may divide us. See, once we stop, once we take time to listen and to understand, we can live together. Not worrying about selfishness, but how can we help 
a brother or a sister? How can we build up more and not tear down? But as followers of Christ, followers of a God who loves us and cares for us, there is one way that we definitely can do that. And Paul writes it about this way. He says that it's when we live by the Spirit. When we live by the Spirit, we can then live our lives open to what God has called us to do. And there are ways that we can do that. First, we must ask God for all joy and peace. In Romans chapter 15, verse 3, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when we put all of our hope and trust in God, we open ourselves up to to his joy, to his peace. And that joy and peace that we have flowing through our lives is something that others may see. And, And as they see that, they'll ask, how do you get that joy? How do you get that hope? How do you live in that peace? And then we can boldly proclaim it is because of not what I can do on my own, but it is about what God can do through me. We are able to do this because when when we do that, we move from out of this selfish ideal and we move into a continuous life of worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Just think, as we move through our summer together, what if we lived our lives in continuous worship? Looking around, seeing this, the beauty that God ha- has given us, the beauty of, of the world around us, the beauty of the relationships and the friendships that we have. What if we were able to look at those and go, as the psalmist says, what shall I give to the God for all of the great things God has given me? See, when we live in continual worship, praise, and thanksgiving, It turns our eyes away from inside of us and to those around us. And then finally, we live by the Spirit as by being open to how God is leading and teaching us at that moment. Just imagine what that TED Talk would have been like if the African-American gentleman talked about how he was there just to totally shout down everything that the KKK leader had. Just think of what it would be like if we were to spend time listening and hearing and allowing God's Spirit to to test us and not to test someone else. To test us and test our hearts and minds to say, how can we be in line with what God wants us to be? How could we live out those fruits of the spirits of joy, peace, patience, kindness, love, and self-control? How can we be Christ's hands and feet 
and be open to others around us. Summer is, summer is hard. Summer is hard because we are, we're off and running. We're going one place to another. School is out, so it's great to have vacations. But what I invite you to do and what I challenge you to do this summer is to not take a break from being Christ's hands and feet. To not, not take a break from being in fellowship with one another. To allow the Spirit to live in our lives so that when we come in relationship with others, when we come into areas that challenge us, we listen to God and we hear his call in our lives. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we continue in this worship, as we allow your spirit to guide us, to lead us, and to teach us, we give you thanks. We thank you for the relationships that we have. And God, we continue to give thanks for those relationships that we have yet to discover. Open our hearts and our minds to be prepared to give an answer to the hope that we have. Help us to be open to your spirit, to always guide us, to teach us, and to lead us. So, Lord, we come to you and give you thanks for all that you have taught us. And we pray this in the name of the one who loves us, who died for us, who rose again so that we may have life and life abundantly. Jesus, our Lord. Amen.